0: Hello and welcome to the 24th episode of Criminal Profiling. It's been said that everybody is capable of murder, if under the right circumstances. So we're going to look into two cases, that of Jodi Arias and that of Elizabeth Ann Broderick, also known as Betty Broderick. In our first case of Betty Broderick, there's also a movie out on this woman. Uh, There's there's actually many different things you could probably look up on this woman, Betty Broderick, uh, on YouTube. But the one is a, a full movie that's available on YouTube, I believe. It's called A Woman Scorned, the Betty Broderick story. I highly recommend watching that. There's also a part two, which I didn't like that much, but it's also out there. There's a part two to that movie. It's called Her Final Fury, Betty Broderick, The Last Chapter. Okay, so here's kind of the, the lowdown on Betty Broderick. She meets a guy named Dan Broderick, fall in love, get married, and want to start raising a family and getting themselves settled. So they've got they're still young, though, so they're still finishing their schooling. Well, Betty finished hers as an early childhood educator, and Dan finished his, but he wanted to go further, and he went on to Harvard to work as a lawyer, etc., etc. et cetera, and so Betty took over all the, uh, the expenses. She was basically working to support Dan through university, Harvard, to raise their kids, and now they have kids. They would end up having quite a few kids, I think, like four of them or something like that. I forget off the bat, maybe five, but I think one died. They had five kids total, but one of them died shortly after birth. So Betty Broderick is now raising the kids. She's being a homemaker. She's working. She's she's supporting everybody. She's holding up the entire home, and she does this for a number of years until Dan graduates and becomes a big hotshot lawyer. And the second he becomes this big hotshot lawyer, he hires this gorgeous secretary who was a flight attendant, a Dutch American, gorgeous flight attendant, 21 years old, Linda. Coquina. And before long, well, you can see the intent of hiring in her in the first place. And within no time at all, he's sleeping with his uh, secretary and still married to Betty, who's starting to pick up on it, pick up the signals. She's sensitive to this stuff. And next thing you know, um, he's treating her like crap. She's asking him, are you having an affair? And he's saying, you're crazy. You're insane. He continually calls her crazy Uh, gaslighting and whatnot. The marriage is done. He moves out, tells her he's in love with another woman, just takes off. This lady practically goes out of her mind. Like, it hits her like a a transport truck. She collapses. I mean, she's been holding this, because she did everything. And then he just tosses her out like trash. And the buildup is quite intense to this drop. And so when this happens, she basically snaps. There's money, there's all things going on. She drops the kids off at his door one by one. She's kind of losing it. She drives her vehicle right into the front of his house at one point, I think. She completely loses it, the poor lady. And uh, she goes over to their home one night and lo and behold, with a gun, and yeah, shoots them both in their bedroom. Uh, Linda uh, died before Dan. She was shot, I think, twice in the chest or something like that. And uh, Dan was shot, and then he was still living and reaching for the phone. Not sure how he thought he could get a phone call out when someone's in the room with you holding the gun, but hey, it was, you know, what else could he do? Really, he was reaching for the phone, but yeah, that was, I think she had a chance to talk to him and say, you deserve this, or whatever last words were. She got her final words in, and he's a dead man. She's up, and she goes, well, she goes down for murder, right? She didn't even argue the point. It was kind of a cut and dried case. So, and that's kind of the story of Betty Broderick, and yes, she did get charged for murder. Yes, she did go down for a whole nine. So what made uh, Betty so dangerous to um, treat like trash? You shouldn't treat anybody like trash. But what makes her so particularly dangerous? Um, one of the things that we, we look for is, is this lady. like? Well, she's got a lot of get up and go. She's got a lot of energy. She's got a sun square Mars. Her sun is in Scorpio for perseverance. And, you know, and that's kind of the fiery water sign. And she's got the sun square Mars, the planet of war. And she's got steadfastness of purpose, Mars conjunct Saturn. Hard worker, really putting it out there. But she's also got the sun square Saturn. so She might be, uh, you know, a little bit standoffish or, you know, maybe a conservative kind of tight, tightly held uh, square kind of person. You know, square shoulders and all that. Uh, The buttons all perfectly done up. You might get something like that, regimental dressing or something like that. But uh, who knows? I'm just winging it here, people. Because it is Sunday, and I'm allowed to. Anyway, yeah, Sun square Pluto. Here, now we're talking, people. Sun square Pluto. Mercury square Pluto. Mars conjunct Pluto. Saturn conjunct Pluto. Wow. Whoa. Okay, so first of all, we have a stellium. Consisting of Pluto, Mars, and Saturn. Concentrated in Leo, which rules romantic partners romance. This is almost like atomic energy buildup. You don't get a more powerful buildup of energy, really. You're you're at a peak energy buildup here. So this is what's went off. And then, as we've known throughout the series, as you've gotten to know Pluto, Pluto goes the distance. It doesn't just repair things. When it acts, it acts in a big way. Life-altering events, far-reaching effects. So still, there's obviously children involved. There's the four children of uh, Dan and Betty, are who are now motherless and fatherless. Because, uh, you know, Betty's in jail, Dan is dead, and uh, his second wife, Linda, he got remarried, by the way. So the point is, if you have a chart and you see somebody with this kind of potential, not just anger of Sun, Square, Mars—that's that can result in a shooting too, but you would have to really, really push it. When you get Pluto involved and Mars, the two together, you got to be more careful because... Mars goes, let's say, 10 feet, but because it's got the energy of Pluto, it's going to actually go 30 feet. You know, it's got that extra force behind it, so whenever Mars goes to move forward in anger, Pluto, which is also fiery in nature, is right behind it 100% because they're both square, the Sun Square, Mars, and Pluto. So that force is pretty strong. And she feels things very strong. She feels love very deeply. Venus conjunct Jupiter. And that's the only major aspect of Venus. So she is, feels love very deeply, uh, almost spiritually. And that's kind of sad, actually. But uh, yeah, so she got really nailed. She was treated like complete trash. So she turned him into trash. So yes, by all means, try to pick up that movie because um, it's well worth watching. It's a made-for-TV movie, A Woman Scorned, The Betty Broderick Story. It's on YouTube, well worth watching. You can see the buildup. And it's hard to put yourself sometimes in these people's positions. You know, okay there, so you, relationships come together, they break up, move on, go on with your life, but sometimes it's it's it can be very hard to uh, let go, especially if you have the sun square Saturn like Betty does, Mars conjunct Saturn, things that hold things in, and the anger, Mars conjunct Saturn, anger being held in, sun square Saturn, more restriction, and then that buildup of powerful energy, yeah, you don't want to screw someone over like this too, like... You take that risk. You take that risk. And uh, Betty was not a big risk, good risk to do that with. And her Pluto and Mars was screaming, don't do that. You might regret it. Because this is Hulk-like energy. Yes, Betty becomes the Incredible Hulk. So yeah, she did lash out. She left angry messages. She got the sun square Mars. She, she can get pretty angry. So that's basically the uh, Betty Broderick story. I believe she's up, will be up for parole in January of 2032 next. And Betty was last denied parole in 2017. Okay, next up, the woman that other women love to hate. Thank you, media. Okay, Jodi Arias, women, a hater. Men, well, very attracted. So for Jodi Arias, she left home early at 17. She didn't get along well with her mom. There was problems in the family and she had to leave early. And then she had this boyfriend. So she lived in this trailer with no running water, no electricity. She fell in love with this guy. It lasted a year. He was physically abusive to her, emotionally, every which way. So she got out of that. Then she moved on. She met an older guy, like 10 years or senior or something like that, who already had a son. And she was a wonderful um, kind of stepmom to the son. They they were together but parted amicably. She wanted to have children and had different ideas about what she wanted for her future. He wanted nothing more to do with no children, et cetera. He already had one, et cetera, et cetera. So they parted. They were about to part when Jody uh, attended uh, a prepaid lawyer meeting. And she was she joined this thing this for as a sales kind of thing to make extra money, prepaid lawyer meeting. And then she went to a convention or whatever, big convention. On the very first day, she meets this guy named Travis Alexander. And he is a motivational speaker. He's a really good speaker. So he does really well in sales. He's also a missionary. He was raised by his grandmother, who he left after. uh, He had a really rough upbringing, not good. His parents were um, drug-addicted parents who weren't even home half the time. They didn't have a home sometimes as a family. They didn't have food. So he grew up in sort of that situation. So finally, he got out of it. He was able to be raised by his grandmother, who kind of raised him as a Mormon. So he stayed with that church. He became very religious, missionary stuff, So he's doing really well for himself as a salesman. In fact, he's only like just about 30 years old. He's also, he's already got a massive home, nice car, all this stuff, you know, living way beyond his means, tailor-made suits, the whole nine, okay, right up, well beyond his means right away, okay, because he's had had nothing, I think now he wants everything maybe. Um, I'm going to admit that Travis was built up. In most of the documentaries about Jody Arias, they are after Jody. They leave out so much information about Travis Alexander, it's pretty sad. So they make this guy look like this God-fearing, uh, God-abiding, you know, uh, Christian man. No, he wasn't. He took one of their most sacred oaths and he trashed it like a hundred times. Okay, he took uh, one of his God's most strict rules. And he kept breaking it over and over and over. So no, I don't see him as a very religious person. And I'm not going to treat him like that. He's more of a hypocrite. If somebody's going to be religious and truly religious, they're going to actually follow that religion, right? Instead of use it to make money like he does as a missionary and to to network people. I think that's where Travis really is. I don't think he's the big uh, spiritual guy. And as we find out later, Jody Arias was built up to be a monster in most of these documentaries. So I urge the listener, if you've not seen this particular documentary, please watch it. It is called, If I Can't Have You, The Jody Arias Story. Please watch that. That shows both sides of the coin much better. So the other side of the coin that they leave out in all these documentaries is this. Travis, although smitten in the beginning, uh, and tell your friends, I think I've met the one, my wife, um, I'm not even sure how sure true that is because we find out later in that same time that, he, that they're telling us that he's saying this and thinking that, he's also connecting with other women and cheating on her from the very beginning. And this is important because he's allowed Jody, who realizes, you know, this relationship, she is totally in love with Travis. She realizes the relationship doesn't stand a chance because this guy's a Mormon. She has to become a Mormon in order to be with him. So she offers up and says, I will become a Mormon. If it's to be with you, I will do that. And he gets permission. She does her studies. She does her work. She passes. Now she's allowed to be baptized by Travis himself, who baptizes her. And then they move on. She thinks she's on the road to a great future. She has no idea that this guy's messaging other women. He's sleeping around. He, has, he is not faithful one bit from the very beginning to the very end. This is not a faithful guy, and she's being led on. And her instincts are telling her this because she keeps a diary. And in the diary, you can see her instincts are telling her, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, get out, right? Because she feels that you know, there's, there's something wrong under the surface, and she was right. So he's using her, that's the thing. She, she was being used as a little tramp. He had no intentions of staying with her. He was getting laid as often as he could, and he was very attractive to women. Pull up this guy, Charlie, this Venus conjunct Jupiter. That's one of the things there. Venus conjunct Jupiter in Gemini. He's very attracted to people are very attracted to him. He's very friendly, open and kind and Venus conjunct and sociable, right? And active Mars in Gemini. He's got it all going there, right? I guess that's about it for now. We won't focus too much on Travis, but, um, Yeah, he's very attractive to people. He's got the Mercury conjunct Saturn and Leo. He's great for salesman stuff. You can see he's going to make money in Capricorn. He's got the moon, Capricorn. Ninth house, which is a little bit more toward his uh, motivational speaking and whatnot. He's taking his Jupiter and he's selling it. He's got Jupiter conjunct Venus and Gemini in the second house and making money on that. So he's done all right for himself with his Mercury, Sextile, Jupiter and all right. But Jody's in trouble. And why is it so bad to treat Jody this way? Well, think of Betty Broderick. Betty Broderick had the Sun-square Mars, Sun-square Pluto, Mercury-square Pluto. Well, if we look at Jodi Arias, she has the Sun-square Pluto and Mercury-square Pluto too. They both have the Sun and Mercury-square Pluto. This speaks volumes. Because like I said, this is the planet you don't want to push too far because it goes the distance. It will go to the very ends. And with Jodi, this is a very heartfelt thing. She's got the Sun-conjunct... Mercury in cancer of the family, the heart and emotions. And let's see, the sun is square to Pluto and Mercury, which is in the sixth house of mental health. And Pluto is the important one here. Look at this. It's in Libra of marriage. So you have the family, the sun and Mercury in the sign of family, square to Pluto in Libra. So that's where that connection, she's thinking, this is it. My life is set. I'm going to be married with kids. I got this family. Things are coming together to make me feel whole. Then she finds out she's been treated like dirt, and not only treated like dirt, but he's sending her messages. They really didn't bring out enough about how Travis treated her, and the things he said to her, you're a pure slut, just some pretty nasty stuff. Well, she was uh, exhibiting some strange behavior, paranoid, insecure, all these things, and and his friends were picking on her, right? I didn't like his friends that much, sorry, but yeah, they were picking on her, so they were saying she had, uh, she was strange and, and, and checking in his things and breaking into his accounts and, and, and getting very paranoid and, and kind of, but, you know, uh, hacking into his Facebook and whatnot. And here you've got Mercury in conjunct Neptune, Venus opposite Neptune, Saturn square Neptune, Moon opposite Neptune. There's, she's going to be a suspicious person, and, he, and he's giving her reason to be suspicious. She was right. She's getting, she's probably seeing some of these messages. So she's trying to make him jealous by going out with different guys, taking pictures. Now it's a back and forth. They had the whirlwind relationship, but it, then it just went straight into the ground because he's already on to other women. He's used her up. He calls her once in a while for a booty call. So on the final time when she's had enough of being and she's finally ready to blow, she goes over for that final booty call and uh, shoots him. The bullet goes into his head and comes out, bounces out. Out under his eye into his cheek so he's gasping he's choking up blood in the sink she leaves the bathroom but then he probably hears him comes back sees he's still alive she stabs him like 27 times he's angry so she stabs and stabs at and then he's dead she eventually gets caught you know she's taking pictures of this guy you probably know the story she's taking pictures of him in the shower if you're not familiar with the story please familiarize yourself so again this is not a person you push to that distance and look for that heartfelt connection, to make it a romance kind of anger, to make it all come together. You know what I mean? Like for Jody, the family, she's finally got this family coming, her life coming together, she's going to get married, she's become a Mormon, all that's going on. You know, so you can see it in there, it's connected to the Pluto, you can see the result as a reaction to that relationship. And with Elizabeth, no different. You can see that the relationship parts of the uh, the stellium of the Mars conjunct Pluto conjunct Saturn and Leo. She's even more violent than Jody, really. Jody just totally lost it and got really violent. But that's Pluto again. But Anne is actually more quickly to violence and more likely to punch you in the head than Jody is. Jody's very feminine. Elizabeth is very go-getter and, and rougher. You know, she's got that more of that Mars in her and, and more likely to drive a car into the front of the house where Jody as you can see, she, she's allowed it build up and then she just struck out with a direct hit. So there you have it. When you're looking at a woman scoring, really pay attention to what potentials they have. Look at their Mars, look at their Pluto and, and look to see how where they're situated. Are they involved in your relationship? Are they gonna become part of it? If you do start treating this person badly, are they going to tap into that Plutonian energy because that Plutonian energy is connected to the relationship? Or is it enough off to the side and related to some Other things, such as work, where you might be able to get away with doing that and live through it, which a lot of people do too. So in closing, I'd like to make a few remarks. Uh, Both uh, Jody and Betty have the Sun square Pluto, Mercury square Pluto. This can represent obsession. Both of these women were regarded as being obsessed. So we can see how either Betty or Jody could easily become obsessed with their eagle, their identity, the sun, square Pluto, the planet of obsession, in a powerful one at that. That of course is because Pluto goes all the way. Far-reaching effects. So when they're abused and scorned and they turn on their partner, those effects go all the way too and can result in what happened uh, with these two partners being murdered. Because we were focused on a woman scorned and that kind of topic, we didn't get a chance to get it too much into either Betty or Jody's charts. Jody's shows lots of potential for obsession. Um, she even has the Venus square uh, Saturn, which can add to that obsessiveness. that someone who won't let go. can also add to coldness and be able to detach and uh, be more sociopathic in, in that area. Um, there's lots of areas we could look at with Jodi's. Uh, she's got a very active chart. Um, but we weren't doing that for this episode, and the same with Betty. We didn't get a chance to get into too much of that. She does have that Sun Square Mars. We talked a little bit about, and that separates her from Jody. She's much more, as an individual, masculine. Where Jody's much more feminine, and that sort of thing. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the program.